Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Morning. Hello. Welcome to uh, today. It's two decent pastors because we brought Jeff in so yeah. from CBC to join us today. You say that every time. It's at least I know, one and a half. It works. Well, one, one and three quarters. Yeah. Well, it's never going to get old. Yeah. It's been a while since you've been here. So, no, so, it's uh, been good to have you. Yeah. What's new in Jeff's world? Anything? Just enjoying the summer and yeah, finally, kids, finally got here. Finally got here. <laughs> so kids uh, get just enjoying the time with our family this summer before the girls go to college and mm-hmm. yep. we're just having three of us in the house. Yeah, so. be right off. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they're not watching that. <laughs> it's sort of bittersweet, you know, it's like, oh, this so you raised them for, now you're, yeah. but then it's like, oh, they're going to be gone for, and Allie's not going to be close, she'll be in Texas, so yeah. it'll be a bit, yeah. so we'll, we'll drive down and get prepared for that. But It's always nice when they come back to visit for a bit. And then they, you know, you get that kind of closeness and fix, and then they leave, and you have your house to yourself again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard that's what I imagine. You've heard it. <laughs> he has heard it. You're too. not going to say that out loud. Yeah. Just I think in case they're watching. Yeah. 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 Sounds plausible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're having our outdoor service this Sunday with baptism. So. Nice. Yeah. This week. This week. Nice. We got ours in a couple weeks. Mary right? McCollum Park. Uh, the following Sunday, we do we do. Are we just doing it at? Yeah. We're just doing it at Ron Pugh's house. He's a okay. guy that lives on the Little Deschutes, oh, right good. off of uh, Lazy River. So he has a big yard right on the river. So we nice. do a big church barbecue, and I think right now we've got ten people getting baptized. Mm-hmm. It sounds okay. like so. Awesome. Yeah, that's fun. I enjoy that outdoor. It's awesome. And then we're gonna then we'll start outdoor services till the Labor Day. Oh, yeah. we're we're Is still parking lot. Yeah. We're not meeting outside for church service, only yeah. for the baptism after church, just yeah. so we don't confuse anybody. You're doing that after? Yeah. Yeah. Because both locations will try to, you know, hopefully it'll show up. Oh, yeah. Good. Yep. And you we guys have so had church in the park on Sunday in La Pine? We had church at the Frontier Days. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did cool. you guys combine with High Lakes? We did not. Oh. We got the gig okay. because High Lakes is... Out of town. Okay. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Ben is on sabbatical. What was that little? Uh, what was that? So okay. I, I don't know what it was. I'm was pretty sure. I, if I had to guess, I'm pretty sure that when they got to the back of the Rolodex and found that the door was the only church that said yes, exactly. uh, that, that they they we we got the gig. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Where do they do that at? At the there's a, a property off of Sixth Street, so kind of on the south end of town. Um, they did out of, out at the Frontier Days. Yeah, the okay. Frontier Days property. It's yeah. super okay. cool, like a really cool yeah. venue. They built. We like were a, out there for the yeah, the, 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 you know, just going to the days. So they built that. Yeah, that's where it was. That okay. cool stage, you know, out oh, of timbers yeah. and all that. Like it was, it was. That's awesome. where you had the service. Yeah, yeah. Good. that was neat. So did they? Was it? Was everybody kind of wandering through as well or not? Or it was pretty early. Yeah. Okay. So it was. It was. It wasn't was crowded when we started, but there were. People and the more that the church service went on, there were people, you know, walking okay. by and whatnot. But it wasn't like crazy. I think it was, I was a little early. I was here. Yeah. They were there. So yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm not answering. Yeah. Just, well, the weather was great. Which that one, you know, we were kind yeah. of worried about what the weather might do. And yeah. It was nice. Was good. And, mm-hmm. you know, people showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah, cool. was, it was cool. Any people that don't normally come? Uh, yeah. Was in the yeah, park the, yeah, there were some people that don't usually come yeah. to 
to our I, fellowship. I think yeah. we figured about half the crowd were mm-hmm. regular people, and the other half was yeah. you know, yeah. people that were there for Frontier Days. So. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons we're doing it outside. It's like, well, people walk by at the Shark, whatever. People, we've had people come over from the Shark and say, oh, I heard the worship music. I'm like, yeah. I came to church today. And yeah, we missed right. We We were going to do it in the park, you know, this summer, the Lapine congregation. Yeah. Our worship services like we did last year. Yep. Um, we decided not to for a few reasons, but like it, it, that was the coolest part about it, man. You're just in yep. the middle of you know cars driving by, people walking by, yep. people playing in the park, and um, so yeah, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Chad's uh, iPad keeps overheating, so it happened one time. <laughs> I was there. The one time, yeah, that you were there. That's <laughs> yeah. where David is. Your does your paper that you my iPad on? overheats all the yeah, time. Yeah, does the paper you printed out on ever overheat? Yeah, mine does. it does overheat. Huh. Yes. Nice an iPad too, so. Yeah. Mine's not ready. Print it out. In using an iPad for, I don't know, 10 <laughs> Print it out. I have a printed copy eight, as eight well. Eight years? Stable it's happened one time. Stable? Because if it blows away, if they, they try to blow away. Oh, if you're outside, <laughs> they, pages blow. They do. That's why you have an iPad outside, because then it doesn't blow. Yeah. Unless it overheats so. or dies, and then what? <laughs> But lesson learned, don't set your iPad on a metal pulpit right. in the sun. <laughs> That's black. All right. Fair enough. Lesson learned, so we'll avoid that in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else we got to hit before we jump in? Hmm. I don't think so. All right. Well, nope. let's pray then. Uh, Father, we pray for your blessing upon uh, what we look into today. I uh, pray that it edifies your church. I uh, pray that we just enjoy this conversation as well and that you'd be in the midst of it all. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, Brent, what are we hitting today? So I kind of was lame, and I think the holiday messed me up, and I, I, I got these to you guys <laughs> late. But, but none of these are, okay, I'm fully lame. Uh, none of these are super tricky. We were going to talk about Romans 7, which would have been tricky. So we're going to talk about boring testimonies. It would have been fun. would have been. Boring testimonies, should we help the homeless, and church shopping. Um, so we'll jump right into the, the testimonies. When you, you know, we, we, uh, we do Third Thursday, we've asked different guys over the years to share their testimony. One of the things we hear guys say a, a lot is, I don't want to share my testimony because it's boring. So first, let me just ask, you know, why, why is sharing a personal testimony important? This is where you guys jump in. Right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think there was a time in, in like the history of the church, even just 20 years ago, where I think it was more important, or there was a, a greater priority placed on it than there is today, I think. But I think it's a powerful opportunity to share just your, even your, like your spiritual journey where God has taken you. And I think it's one of those things that people relate to. You know, I mean, I think that's, that's the beauty of the story. And even the you know, narratives we see in the scriptures, I think there's a sense where people are, get the privilege of sharing their testimony. Sometimes I think the challenge is uh, sometimes if you hear certain testimonies, you're like, Okay, is this about Christ or is mm-hmm. this about you? You know, um, <laughs> so but there's I, man-centered, Christ-centered right. testimonies. Yeah, because yeah, I think that, and I think that's the key. You know, so like when we right. do a baptism, I I ask everyone to to share their testimony, and I kind of help them walk through it so that it's you know it really is the focus on the gospel. It's like okay, so if people hear your testimony, they ought to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. What did you come to believe about Christ? Who right. he is? What he did? What it means to follow him? What what are those things that you're proclaiming in that rather than, well, here's all the th- bad things I used to do, here's what Christ did, and here's what life's been like since then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think I think testimonies are powerful. I, think, I, I just yeah. think It'll people, shock you guys to hear this, but I cry almost every time I hear a testimony. Oh, you don't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm so shocked. I agree. I agree they're powerful. I did not see that coming. 
Yeah, I mean, like, we're, we're here to... <laughs> is that sarcastic? <laughs> I sense the sarcasm. <laughs> we're here to proclaim the glories of God, right? And so we, we can do that through the, the written word of God. We can also do it through, um, you know, the, the meeting that we had with God, like what the way he, you know, he came to us and, and that experience that we have. So, like we see Paul um, at least twice in the scriptures share his testimony, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's the scriptures, but at the same time, like, it's his story, man, and yeah. there's something beautiful about it, you know? And so, um, yeah, so we need to be proclaiming, you know, the glories of God, you know, what he's done, and there's millions and millions of stories because there's millions and millions of people mm-hmm. that he has saved. Right. So, Isn't it funny how um, even when I share my testimony still today, I'm reminded of what God did in my life in, in right. a fresh way. Because sometimes you just you yeah. don't think about it. And when you're asked to share it, all of a sudden you go back to that point where God intervened. And, and the, lo- you know, the further away you get from it sometimes, the more meaningful it can become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you're not only reminding yourself of God's faithfulness to you, but then you're building up those that are hearing it. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool part of testimonies. It right. really is kind of a, it's a, everybody wins when you hear it situation. Right. We're told in John 6 that it's the work of God that we believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, there's no boring story when it comes to how you know, God has brought us to belief. Yeah. I think a lot of times we think about, like, like we're compelled by the stories of the person who was addicted to drugs and did time for murder or whatever, kind of these, you know, radical conversions, and, and those are really compelling stories, but um, but it's not any less of a miracle for the person that, that wasn't addicted to drugs mm-hmm. and didn't do time for murder. Um, you know, we, we met with a guy recently here in our church who had a story that, you know, there, there were some cool parts to it, but kind of essentially just the switch flipped one day and he believed. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't super exciting in, in that regard of, you know, like I made a 180 in my life from, this, you know, being, you know, this radical, you know, pagan over here to, you know, to a follower of Christ. But the switch flipped one day. Mm-hmm. And it was a cool story. Yeah. yeah. And, and in our conversation with him, you know, he was a little hesitant to share his story. Like, he asked us, is it okay, you know, if I share my story? Because, like, what if people think it's weird? You know, what, right. what if people don't, you know, like my story? And then we just got to tell them, like, you're supposed to share your story. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, tell it to anybody that will listen yeah. because it's a cool story. Yeah. Uh, and the story of what God has done in his life, not the story of, you know, how he pulled himself up, but the right. what God did for him. Yeah, that, that's, that someone believes is the crazy part, yeah. right? And so, like, we can get caught up in the peripheral stuff and the right. history prior to that or, um, or whatever, but the craziest part of any testimony is that someone believes like right. that, that, yep. that, that's the miracle, right? Yeah. And so my mom's that way. You know, she's always been, uh, I think she she was raised in the church and she received the Lord at, uh, I think she's the age five or six and got <laughs> baptized and she never cussed or smoked or drank or had premarital sex or like that's her story. And that's just rad to me that she knew she was a sinner from a young age in need of a savior and then has just devoted her entire life, you know. <clears throat> Has been devoted, set apart. Yeah, that's not, bo- that's not a boring. That's yeah. yeah and some people like action films, and some people like drama. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so like it, it, all, it all depends. Like but, that. but sometimes there's a there's a good time for an action film, and sometimes right. there's a good time for a drama. You know, and God gives us all. He, he fills the spectrum that's good. with yeah. testimony. So, yeah. And I think that's you know when you hear people say, "Oh, well, my testimony is boring," and I, I think some of that's because it, in churches even we tend to have people share publicly those mm-hmm. sort of dramatic stories you know where it's like ah, we ought to be having everyone share their testimonies about right. how they came to know Christ and I think it I mean I'd like to see it become a regular part of church services I just think it's a powerful it is yeah you know. well and this is one of the cool things I know both David and I um, 
have experienced this. When when we were newer Christians and people would ask us to share our testimony, the more we could talk about the, you know, the old stuff, the better. And the more people would want you to share. You know, that was great. We want you to share it over here now too. That and he used to get that a lot because his is even gnarlier than mine. Right. But but you know, glorifying the old gnarly stuff was kind of the almost the you know, that was what you wanted to hear. Well, that was what they brought you around for. Yeah, right. And then you yeah. kind of, I mean, yeah. t- maybe talk about the shift that you had about switching well, I, that up. I just <laughs> simply got sick of it. Like, over the years and over time, like, I mean, it, we could just call it what it is, which is conviction. But, like, I like I just found that, that the pre-story to Christ started getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. I started getting to the cross quicker. Yep. And I, I didn't know why I put it together until later. It was obvious, like, mm-hmm. like let's just get to what matters. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I was blind and now I see, you know what I mean? And and, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people like to see the, the smoke and the mirrors and the, the oh, lights yeah. and the explosions, you know. But, like, I just want to get to, you know, yeah. the, the burning bush now, you know. Yeah. And, and it's a difference between being man-centered and gospel-centered. I'm yeah. learning that not only in the reading of the Bible, but also in, in how I interpret mm-hmm. The story of, of God in my life, yeah. you know what I mean. Where it's like this, this is what matters. <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I spending all this time on this other stuff? Yeah. And it's not that that doesn't matter. God uses those things. Yeah. Uh, because there may be that person sitting out there that's like, oh my gosh, this dude's telling my story right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so that's a, that's you know. But yeah, let's get to the point. You know? Well, there yeah. almost there was almost a part of me that you could almost wonder, do you miss that? Because the way you talk about it, it sounds like you actually kind of wish you were back in those days exactly. still and not where you are now. Yeah. I glorified it so much yeah. that it, it, you know, it kind of eclipsed. Yeah. Look how was bad I was. Yeah. yeah. Look right. how far gone I, you know, look at the things I've done. You know, and and there's such a, I think there's a balance in that, you know, is that yeah. even in, in sharing those things, it's like, well, how much do I share? And mm-hmm. then what I try to, to help people understand is that, I mean, share as much as is necessary to help people kind of connect, but I, you don't have to go into sure. all the details of things. Right. Right. And some people are like, I, I don't want to share that. Yeah. You know, it's whatever the case sure. may be. It's embarrassing or it's whatever, but I'm like, there is an aspect where it's important for people to see that we were broken, whether we've grown up in the church or we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, is it's, it's important for people to, to connect with that brokenness, that need that we had for Christ. And, sure. and then I think, like, okay, but let's make sure that the gospel is clearly declared. Yeah. This is what I came to believe about Jesus. Well, all, all, of, our, all of our excitement should be there. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's okay to have story. I right. mean, it, that is, there is story there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what we're doing when we give our testimony. Yeah. We're sharing that. But I think it's just putting everything in its right place. You know, when, again, when we look at Paul's testimonies that he gives twice— like he's he's like I was the chief of sinners. You right. know, he talks that way. He talks about some of the yeah. stuff he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's going to resonate with whatever Jew might yeah. be listening. Right. To then he would his say, testimony. I count that all is dumb. But the right. emphasis yeah. was clear. Like it was clear where he Christ. put the emphasis. It was yeah. clear who the celebrity was and who the hero was. Yeah. Right. And so you know, just uh, we just need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love. We've been having the guys, you know, memorize. Titus three through through eight, like that. That is the proper way, in my opinion. Uh, that is the um, the blueprint for how we share our stories, right? Regardless of how different they are, mm-hmm. is you start with the foolishness, the sinfulness yeah. of what we were. It doesn't mean you got to spend an hour on it, or you have yeah. to, you know, blow it up and get crazy on it. But like that is where we start. Right. This is who I was. Yeah, this, is, this is who Christ yeah. is. This is what's happened. Yeah, I've, got, I've got it memorized, David. If you want me to read it's it, clear. No, you, don't. No, you, you just pulled it, it out, dude. I mean, uh, say, it. say it. Titus, did you say three through eight? Yeah. 
That's, that's, a, that's a great passage. I mean, it really <laughs> just kind of lays it just out. Just rolls there. off the tongue, bro. It says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. So, so we can all fill that in, right? That's all. Yeah. Like that part right there is part one, mm-hmm. where, where we, yeah, that's all going to look Christ. a little different. Yeah. 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 And then you have one of the greatest words mm-hmm. in the Bible. But. Yep. When the goodness and loving kindness of our God and Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Did you say through eight? Well, we'll just go there. That's good. I mean, that's it, right? So you've got this, you've got this, and then you've got... This, this new identity yeah. that's, that follows, you know, that's indefinite. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think another cool thing about sharing testimonies, and, and this might not be primary, but, but it matters, I think, a lot. And just as I'm thinking about Third Thursdays and the guys that have taken time, like, you know, we're, like we're getting to know each other in, in ways that we might not yeah. without the opportunity to share, even if even brief at 10 minutes to share. Mm-hmm. And, and some guys go longer than 10 minutes. But, <laughs> but, but even just in the brevity of it. You know who you, you are. Know, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to name names, but yeah. Um, you know, we get to know each other, and, and we get to connect with one another, you know, over our stories. We get to see the similarities, the differences, and, you know, it just becomes apparent over time that, you know, like God saves all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the popular, the unpopular, the wealthy, the poor, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, all people from all kind of, you know, aspects of society that, that God saves. And, and so the stories matter, you know, for that reason, too. Yeah. So what would you, uh, you, you know, obviously there's no such thing as a boring testimony. I think we've established that. But the fact that they're so important to, to share with people, we, we encourage people to maybe have your testimony ready to go. Have a, have like a five-minute version of your testimony. And, and it absolutely better include a point where Jesus rides in on a white horse to save the day. If right. it doesn't have, yeah. if, you, if that's not in your testimony, you're, I don't know what you're talking about exactly, yeah. but it's not really a testimony. But, but the cool thing about those, those little testimonies that we all have is that people can't really argue with those. Right. There's a lot of things you can bring up you know, as a Christian, to say, you know, <laughs> you know, here's some doctrine, here's yeah. this, here's that. A testimony is something, this is your personal story of what happened, right. what Jesus did in your life, and people can't refute that, yeah. you know. It's tough to argue. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it ought to be, I mean, it definitely ought to be a part of our church services. I, I think the same thing is, is it ought to always be a part of our evangelism. Yeah, you know, because yeah, people are going to connect with it in different ways, and somebody's going to be sharing something in their life, I'm like, oh, this is a great way to be able to share Christ mm-hmm. with them in a very clear way. And well, just the the identification when you're, we talked about this maybe it was last week when you're, uh, you know, sharing the gospel with someone or you're evangelizing, like it's so valuable and so helpful for for us to put ourselves first to display that we believe that we're in the same position that they're in that we have the same need that they have and our testimonies do that when it when we're able to to talk about our sinfulness and our need for righteousness right um so we're we're saying me first like me too yeah you know rather than just coming in and 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 going like you need you need this like you need to do this you know what i mean so yeah yeah all right anything else on that or should we jump into the next fine topic (laughs) was it romans seven what I want to jump in. So the next, the next. Uh, yeah, sorry, you need help turning the page. 
<laughs> Next question uh, for today is, uh, should we help the homeless? And this, this kind of stems from something recently that uh, we had some people come and meet us because they, they're doing similar ministry as far as the, the warming shelter and uh, wanted to come and kind of see what we were doing. So we, we were meeting with them, and they were kind of explaining that the community that they're a part of really isn't very supportive of what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and, and almost kind of doesn't want it to happen. And we also, uh, you talked about a church, I think, in Brookings recently that mm-hmm. um, they had a, where they fed the homeless every night in this church. It's been there for a long time. Well, neighborhoods have grown around this church now, and, and so they <coughs> complained, and the city council said, you can't feed the homeless there every night. Maybe twice twice a week mm-hmm. was the most. And the, the pastor at that church, or maybe it was, I don't know if it was a priest, but pretty much told them to go fly a kite. So we're feeding them every night. Yeah. But it, it does create some problems. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess what would be at the heart, you know, what are the problems or what are the concerns you think people have as far as why this is an issue there's there's a mentality that like if you build it they will come and so it's like if we start doing this if we start you know helping the less fortunate the needy the homeless whatever that like it's going to attract more and more and and the idea of some is that, that you know we don't want those people to be seen you know in our society and that was you know this community people from this community that we met with you know it's, it's a touristy community and that was the kind of the concern is that you know if we have you know something permanent that it's going to attract you know a segment of society mm-hmm. that we would rather not attract to our would you community. say that's even the church's concern oh yeah absolutely well and they, I, they I mean, may actually start showing up on Sundays yeah we, we, we want we, that we've been living that yeah we've been living it <laughs> been well living and, it. and if, we're, if we're just being you know fair about it, it it does create some problems oh yeah, yeah. you know it, it doesn't create things. creates an uncomfortable yeah. kind of gnarly situation sometimes yeah. and yeah. and it's a lot more desirable you know to just not have any of that in your church yeah so yeah i, I get that part mm-hmm. the, the, the homeless segment can, can be a rough crowd mm-hmm. um, yeah you know oftentimes and there's all kinds of reasons and another discussion for their time but you know reasons that people you know are in those situations are because they choose to yeah you know they just have a way of thinking that says this is the way that i want to live um you know people that just falling on hard times and, and then you have people that you know, have other issues you know drug abuse and mental illness at play mm-hmm. and it just makes it a rough crowd to deal with yeah. um, and hard, hard to know how to help and I think in our case like we recognize that you know the people that we minister to need far more help than what we can provide mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. Uh, right. or a kind of help that we can't provide and so sure. it just makes it really hard to know what to do and the easy thing is to just avoid it exactly yeah. exactly that, that's the part that I think the church I would love for it to get um, comfortable with doing and just kind of fed up with um, with ignoring it yeah. because it's a challenge. You know what I mean? Right. If, if something's difficult or a challenge or it's going to ma- mess up the status quo or yeah. um, just change the, the, the thing, you know, the things that we are trying to protect, you know, as yeah. far as our safety and preferences, then it's, it's better not to do it, you know. Right. Well, I think it kind of bleeds into the next question that we'll get to momentarily. But, you know, people have this idea of, you know, what they come to the church for. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, you know, a consumeristic mentality often to say, well, I'm here for what I get out of it. And I'm here for me. Uh, you know, I'm here to hear the message, to, to have you know, good music, whatever. And so anything that gets in the way of, you know, my experience, it's like, well, let's just you know, shove that off mm-hmm. to the side. Yeah. Um, and, and so at the end of the day, it's just it's consumerism, you know, in the church that causes us to look at any segment of society and say, well, we'd rather not have that be a part of our mix. Sure. I think one of the challenges as as well, though, that is sometimes what churches do wrestle with and ought to wrestle with, I think, is, is that to be the mission of the church. Hmm. I think it's right. to be the mission of every believer mm-hmm. as a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we... And whatever our hesitations or whatever might be, I think that that still is, I mean, you think about it, it talks about James about caring for the orphan and the widow. And, you know, 
Um, but is that to be the, the, I think the challenge sometimes is sometimes that can be the sole focus sure. of the church. Yeah. And that can take over all these other aspects to it. So we kind of look at it as it's everything or it's nothing. Yeah, and, 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 and I think the reality is it's somewhere in the middle. Right. I, I, well, it's yes and yes. Yeah. It, it's the individual, it's, it's the Christians, uh, it should be the Christians' concern and heart. Right. And because the church is made up of Christians, it should be the church's concern and heart. So, so it's like yes and yes and yes. Right. Um, but but um, there is a, a fine line between becoming like a, a uh, an outreach mm-hmm. or you know and I think that's maybe the the point where it tips you know what I mean like if it's everything in a church yeah. then it's it's probably become now an outreach a specialized right. ministry rather than because there are some things that might be neglected that the church does yeah. right and so it would be really hard to be able to balance both those yeah. things we're actually we're we're going to be faced with that probably farther down the road that we get with this thing yeah is um is you know walking that that rope yeah between like how do we maintain all the things that a church does is ministers to yeah and do this as well as we can too because it's 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 a part of our mission right and figure out and i think it would be helpful if we didn't separate the poor and the needy off into this category over here away from everybody else because we we tend to do that we don't think of ourselves as poor and needy right if we're a christian we're poor and needy just in a different way so we separate these people out into this other category and we said how do we treat them and and what how do we deal with them yeah well it's the same way you deal with everybody else you present the words of you know you love them yeah you present them with you know you try to help them with their needs and you present them with the truth of the gospel some of them are going to receive that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to reject it. Yeah. Some of them are going to, do, you know, it's like anybody else that comes to our church. Some people that come to our church cause problems, right? Whether they're poor or needy or not. Yeah. Some of them don't. And and it's so you know, try to make them a separate <laughs> thing. Well, it's true. You have yeah. heard of the poor and needy, haven't you? I've been waiting to say that right. for like two minutes. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, but but I, I, that's what I, I tend to do. That where I categorize that you know it's these people over here, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't know how to deal with them properly. You know, sometimes we do the same thing with, you know, the Rhymers uh, have a ministry to uh, the disabled. The disabled. Yep. And we do the same thing. We don't know how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to categorize them. So we don't want to treat them like us. So we treat them mm-hmm. like something else. And, and I, I think that's where our culture's created that. Yeah. And I think yeah. we bought, I think we, we as churches have bought into that. Once we start to see them as just people that are broken, right. that have need, just like everybody else yeah. in the yeah. church, well, it changes and, the world. And people yeah. who Jesus, who Jesus loves. Right. Right. And we'd rather sit around and complain about them than we would do anything to help them. Correct. We specialize in that. That's the reality. I think the challenge, I mean, so I'll just speak from our perspective. For us, I mean, we're in Sun River, right? So we don't get a lot of homeless that come. And when we get people that Wait, stop by, and you're in a resort yes, in Sun River. A resort in Sun River. <laughs> Just wanted to. So we're in Sun River too. But well, no, yeah, we don't we're a resort in Sun River. You know, so there's an aspect no to it where we we do get people that come to the church and they they're asking for different things and we try to help them as best we can. Um, but we don't get people that come on a regular Sunday. You know, and the challenge I think for some is that it's it it's it can become too comfortable for them in the church. So they don't know what to do with people that mm-hmm. they live differently, they think differently, they act differently at times. They, and they're, but I think that's the thing is there's no. I just think it they're just not comfortable with that, and yeah. instead of figuring out how to become more comfortable with it, they they're just like oh, right. or or I'm gonna go and serve once a month or. Once every couple months at a homeless shelter or whatever, you know, that's kind of their way of, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but what, what are you doing to, to really genuinely help them? It's a whole other ballgame when you, 
endeavor to build relationships with people that right. are not like you. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we're seeing that in Lapine. Right. You know, in the winter, we had some of our warming center clients, for lack of a better term, that I think they would come to church just because it wasn't outside. Right. And there was coffee. Right. It yep. wasn't warm. Um, but now that we're past the season, you know, we're seeing some people come because they want to be there. Yeah. And I think at some level, they, they feel a level of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's a struggle um, right. with some people that um, you know that there's distractions and mm-hmm. there's you know some of these folks kind of lack the knowledge of kind of how to act in church you know what's right. expected kind of um, because they haven't been around that in their life right David still wrestles with that. <laughs> well he does still yeah with that. <laughs> we have patience with David <laughs> he does better with it than I do I probably but, so I mean I think the question more. for me though as a pastor at the church at CBC is what. Because that's the reality is that probably is not. I mean, that demographic is probably not going to change. And that and that, that's, and that matters. Like that's a like we shouldn't um, like the need of wherever that local church is should dictate, in my opinion, like the ministry or ministries of that local church. Right. Right. And so, like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense for like CBC. To be like, we're going to start a homeless no. and outreach to the homeless. No. You know, like, like it has nothing to do with the people that God is surrounding, the demographic mm-hmm. that God is surrounding right. that church with. Whereas in Lapine, like, like Chad never got into it because he, as far as I understand, because he thought like, gosh, we need, we really need to specialize in something as a church. I know we'll specialize. Like, no, it was right. a, it was something that was outside yeah, the doors of his church. Yeah. It was something that wasn't being dealt with uh, on a an adequate level. Mm-hmm. By the other people in the community. Yeah. So guess what? Like the church sees an opportunity capital, and they should. And yeah. So, and so, like we all just need to, con, you know, contextualize. That's right. part of how yeah. we're we're all all things to all men, is by looking at what it is, yeah. what it is that we're surrounded with, and then and right. then meeting meeting that need. So, well, well, I think what I'm saying is that there's an aspect where are there ways that we can partner with, you know, be involved yeah. in that. Sure. You know, not not just hey, we're going to help with some financial aspects to it, but are there ways that we can be involved as a people, you know, right. and step out of that comfort zone of that level. And so, and some of your people have, yeah, come down and like helped us last winter, and it, right. was, it was pretty cool seeing it. Yeah, like I know my my dad was one of them. Right, and he's not a dude that he doesn't do things like that. Yeah, and so like just to see him in there every week interacting with these people, like in love, looking at them like they're people, talking to them like they're people. Yeah. Beating them, like all that yeah. stuff. I, right. I just look at that and go, like this. This is so cool that my that my dad is doing this right. and that he has the opportunity, yep. the accessibility to something like this. So yeah, well, it's actually, I think you and I would both agree because we've talked about this before. That that you know, when you first meet people, sometimes they're you know they're rough and, and you don't know what to do or what to say or how to talk to people. But but over time, yep. you know, they kind of grow on you yeah. and you yep. get to hear their stories and their difficult life and your heart starts to go out mm-hmm. to them and, and you look at them differently after you've taken some time to get right. to know, yep. you know, some of these folks. And, um, yeah, it, it just, it's a game changer when you start to realize these are real people. Yeah. Even though they might be rough, pretty rough around the edges, they might, you know, lack social graces and those kinds right. of things. They're real people with real stories and real hurts and real difficulties. Yeah. Uh, and, and people that God loves mm-hmm. and people that God has brought in front of us for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, and we have an opportunity to convey the love of God. And how many people realize it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I know it's like a, um, maybe a little bit different now than it was then, homelessness, and and yet mostly the same. Like, to say that that Jesus, um, like, talked about those people and and his people 
being about those people mm -hmm. is an understatement. You know what I mean? Like, like G Jesus like made a big deal out of the marginalized. He made a right. big deal out of the people that none of us want, want to have anything to do with. And I think yeah. that's why they were a big right. deal to him is because sure. he knew that none of us wanted anything to do with them, right? And of course, spiritually, we're that way. But like when you, when you just look at, at the homeless, like it is something, I mean, to go back to the importance of it, not every church should be putting everything they have into that basket, but like the church absolutely should be thinking about the underdog, the marginalized, the, mm -hmm. the homeless, yeah. like the poor. Yeah. The, so one of the know. one of the concerns people have, and one of the criticisms that comes our way is, um, at, at what point are you enabling bad behavior in the homeless community by helping them? And and, and I think that's something people are concerned about. You know, at mm -hmm. what at what point are you actually part of the problem and not part of the solution? And, yep. and that's been a struggle, I think, for us to figure mm -hmm. out balance. But sure. What would you say to the person that kind of has a problem with us helping their less fortunate. Well, this goes back to like, we've, I've had these conversations and I thought about this myself. Like I've thought about this many times, like what, what am I doing more harm than good? Like yeah. you start getting into that whole thing. And I think it comes back to, here's our, here's our options with that thinking. Uh, we can do it and maybe be enabling some of them or we can not do it, which is what we've always done. <laughs> like like again, it's, a, it's another reason yet again to do nothing. Which was easier. So we know which one's easier, right? Uh, so, so like, there's a point where we gotta we gotta take seriously what Jesus says and how He feels about these people, and then leave those type of things, like the enabling, up up to God. You know what I mean? Um, and just be obedient to what we do know we're supposed to be doing, rather than what they're gonna do with what we're doing. Right. And and so, I don't know. That's where I've I guess come to the conclusion on it. And. I've had that conversation sure. with people that have a problem with what we're doing. It's like, well, we can just keep doing nothing like we always do, or we can just trust God and be obedient to him and, this and let him right. work out the difference, you know. Well, so, see, if, if we're going to make a mistake, we'd rather make the mistake on being you know, kind and gracious and, and serving and obedient. people. And, yeah. and, you know, rather we would make the mistake in that direction rather yep. than making the mistake of doing Agreed. nothing. What do you think is behind that? those questions like what's well that? I mean when you I mean seriously when you drive down to you know by Lowe's or whatever and you see this you know encampment in the middle of the you know people are I don't know yeah. it, it just looks like a giant mess and there's you know and, and when you invite something like that into the church and we've had situations in the church that are uncomfortable I mean even, even a couple weeks ago you know there was yeah. people that were being disruptive and, and it begins to almost create a vibe of you know anger Right. In people and, and some of that's you know I mean I felt some of it I'm not I'm not above that sure and so I think it comes back to the idea of maybe instead of just looking at them as a group of people you know this this whole sector of people it's individuals there are going to be individuals yeah. and we've watched this we've seen some individuals from that community mm -hmm. that we've helped mm -hmm. that have begun to change that their lives are being transformed we've seen some that we recognize we can't help it's, mm -hmm. it's right. out of our pain there's no way you know there's mental right. illness there's something going on that's so, so you don't, you treat it kind of, you know, these are individuals, just mm -hmm. the same as we would anybody else that comes into the yeah. church. Some of them are going to grab hold of the gospel and be transformed, but we're called to love them all. When Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, right. what does that mean? Yeah. Right. You know, and if we don't see ourselves as poor and needy, if we're above that fray, yeah. we're going to, it's, it and, just kind of changes it all. And yeah. I, isn't that the, I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that probably part of the issue is like, we don't. I mean, if, we, if we've been, you know, maybe we've grown up in the church or we've been a believer for a long time, we can tend to forget we were poor and needy. And the reality is, is someone reached out a hand to us yeah. in, in some way, whatever it may have been, and they shared the gospel with us. 
Right. We we re responded. You know, it's like I think we just kind of forget that. And it's easy to sure. it's easy when it's uncomfortable just to kind of keep it at arm's length. You know, For I mean, sure. when I was in seminary, I worked downtown Portland with street kids, and it was really uncomfortable. Every week, I had to sit down and wrestle with my own theology. Like, okay, well, where was God when I was being abused? Mm -hmm. You got to answer those questions, you know, and, and they're going to come in, and one of the things they're going to be angry at is a God. That's like, okay, how do you build a relationship with them and get past some of those things? And I think, I think it goes back to a theology of our, you know, being created in the image of God. Every single person right. is created in the image of God, regardless of their social status, their financial status, all of that. And I think we just forget that, yeah, because I think that's the case for all of these other issues mm -hmm. that we are. are are thinking through and wrestling yeah. with even in the church as well and this just is one of those like okay do you see people as created in the image of god or not yeah. i don't think right. we forget it as much as we just disagree with it we might in our <laughs> self-righteousness self whether we yeah. whether we admit it we out loud or not we just disagree sure. with it i think but, i think sometimes i think sometimes it's we people forget like and i think you somebody alluded to this earlier is like there are people that are just sanitizing their problems that they're creating in the church, right? Yeah. They're they're doing it. <laughs> they're just not as outspoken as maybe some mm -hmm. other people are about it, and they're not just do, they're not doing it in the Sunday morning service. They're doing it here behind the scenes during the week. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> yeah. It's. We have a newcomers lunch uh, that we do occasionally. It's been a we're overdue for doing one, but one of the things we have in there, as far as our church distinctive that we put in there, is that uh, we are willing to put our preferences and comfort aside for the sake of others. Yeah. Um, that's something we want to be part of our DNA at the church, and and I think that's something people really struggle to do. I know I struggle to do it, yeah. but that's that's our you know we want to be that kind of a church, and and if if we can become that kind of a church, then it's going to make room for messy people, sure. Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of what a gospel church is going to be. It's like, got to make you know? room for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and isn't it too one of those things where I think there's an aspect of it where we have to be able to be okay with. I mean, if there's somebody that continues, it's like, the, it's like you know, they're beating the same drum over and over again. There is a reality that we have to say to them, yeah. you know, this isn't probably the place for you. Sure. You know, go to CBC. I don't know. Yeah, we we <laughs> do like, that all the time. But I, you know what I mean? Here. It's like this. But, and, but there's and, a way to do that. And not where, being where afraid you to say that. somebody, right? <laughs> and, and we don't ever want to do that. Right. You know, and how, to... yeah, because how, how, how much time are you going to spend trying to convince them that this is what the Word of God tells us? Well, yeah. we were talking about this the other day because we've got a couple of situations like this that we're dealing with now. And if you had somebody, you know, like we have, say there was a, a female, to have an older godly woman come alongside of that person and disciple them. Just mm -hmm. take it upon just, herself. Just to, yeah. to say, you yeah. know what, this person doesn't know what they're doing. They don't know better, and they need yeah. to. And so, and the same thing, if you had, if you, had a, you know, a, a male figure in the church that was causing those problems, somebody would come alongside of them to disciple yeah. them, as, as opposed to just getting angry with them yeah. right, and saying, I wish they weren't, they're, they're bought, you know, I don't think we think that way. We right? don't. And, and it's, you know. Well, we're like Jonah, right? Like, we're, we, we don't want to go to Nineveh. Right. We don't want to see them saved. Right. We don't want <laughs> to help them. Here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. these are people that he's, he's sitting down right. there pouting over that don't know their right hand from their left, and they just need someone to come tell them, this is your right hand from your left. You right. know what I mean? And it's just weird. It's bizarre to me that people like us can't bring ourselves to do that. Right. Yeah, but I don't think we realize how much we're like Jonah rather than. No, dude, we this is exactly what we're talking about <laughs> right now. In, fair, in fairness, when the time comes that somebody's tried that, and it's not going. It's not going mm -hmm. anywhere. You know. Again, there's a point where we do have to, you know, just call it what it is and and move on. And we do that with everybody. You know, to right. some degree. I mean, you always are hopeful that they'll come, but it, you know, 
we try to disciple guys that don't want to be discipled. Mm-hmm. Right? And at some point, you have to recognize what's going on. Okay, these guys don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. There's homeless people out there that want to remain in the exact state they're yep. in. And there's no, you know, it's just what it is. So kind of yeah, figuring right. that balance out is, is a tricky thing. But to, to just say we're not doing any right. of it anymore. We're at least are yeah. affording ourselves the opportunity to figure it out. Right. <laughs> because we're actually spending time with them. Right. You know? And it's cool when people start to figure it out. And I've watched, you know, so many of the people, you know, that have been part of the warming center, their hearts change towards them like you were right. talking about. And it's been, it's been pretty neat to see. But I saw a cool example on uh, Sunday after our service where uh, your son... Uh, you know, spent some time with somebody that a lot of people don't want to spend time with and, and, and bought them lunch and sat down and just had a conversation with them. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, there was no fanfare about right. it. Like it just, but, but, I, but I noticed it. I mm-hmm. actually called him this week and just thanked him it's for awesome. doing that because it, it was a that neat way. thing that, mm-hmm. you know, there's not, not a long line of people that were waiting to take this person out to lunch and just have a conversation. Most people are you trying know, to get cool. away from this person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that he went to them and said like, I'm going to spend time with you. Yeah, and it was intentional, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think, you know, that, that was just a good example of, like, we need more of that. Yeah. People want to roll up their sleeves and get their hands yeah. a little bit dirty and so spend time echo, with people. you echo that? I, I, I echo the echo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you said intentional, I couldn't help it. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let, let's, let's just say what we're all thinking. Like, the main reason that we need to deal with homeless people is because Matthew 25, right? <laughs> like, we're all scared to death of what Jesus says there. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, how you... Well, I think, the whoever, too, there's one of those things where... Cover water to the one of these. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It does, I mean, like, just make sure people know what that is. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. If you did it the least of these, you... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know that's law and not gospel. Like, I, I get that. But it, it's, it's quite a statement. Yeah. Well, and it's exactly what Jesus did. I mean, he came to the, the people nobody else wanted to be around. He spent time yeah. with the people that were the outcasts. And for us not to have that mindset and that love for people is it doesn't it, you know if well, Christ is in us that should be a desire. Well, he's he's personalizing it even. I mean that's the thing that we're we're talking about. I, I think that's the depth or the weight of when we talk about these are people. Like he's saying that, you know, the ones you didn't do this to, like you didn't do it to me. Like he he's he's directly connecting himself mm-hmm. to these people as if it's him. Yeah, right. And I think like that's shocking. Like it should shock us, you know, to consider that <laughs> yeah well so, i think yeah. too we have i think we also have to i think we have to think also beyond sort of what's in front of us in the homeless situation and we have to think about the refugees you know i mean i, yeah. I hear people oftentimes says oh well they're, they're dispersed you know, coming yeah. into the country illegally or what you know yeah. there's whole this whole discussion around it and yet there's i mean other are we as christians totally helping them sharing the gospel with them as totally well i mean agree. And recognizing that we're refugees that we're allowed yeah. in. We've been grafted in as something, yeah. you know, that we, we were outsiders <laughs> yeah. too. You know, that we just totally changes. forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Well, I'm going to jump to the next topic or we won't get there at all. So, uh, <laughs> yes, we should help the homeless. Uh, the, the last one I was uh, thinking of was um, the idea of kind of church shopping. Uh, people move into a new area or, you know, um, they're looking for a church. We have people ask us a lot, what, what do you look for? What criteria is important in choosing a church? So what are some of the things you guys would key in on well obviously like which one's biggest which one has the best mm-hmm. band donuts coffee yeah, got the donuts, coffee. coffee. <laughs> which pastor gets the fattest paycheck mm-hmm. shortest service is a big one on the list yeah, for sure <laughs> programs children's programs seriously come on <laughs> 
Well, that's honestly <laughs> most people. That's people, too much sarcasm. People do churches for, for you people know picked up on the sarcasm for music and for you know that's a, I hear that more often. It's like oh why do you go there? Oh, the music's great. That we, you know you hear that a lot. So I think I think music is number one usually, and then um, children's programs number two, which yeah. which is kind of that that was more valid at least right. Like yeah. if, if you have kids like. It, it, it matters children. where you have yeah. them. Right. right. So. so let me ask it this way. If you guys went to a new town and were looking for a church, what would you look for? Mm. Short of service. Short of service. I was looking at how big, his <laughs> bio, how big the font is yeah. Yeah. in his ESV. <laughs> what, he, what he teaches out of. I, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I probably have a handful that I think about. I think the, the gospel has to be declared clearly, regularly. Um, I think... Uh, I mean, my one of my values is expository preaching. I think just sure. walking through a passage of scripture and helping people understand the application of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I do think the music is important. Um, not so much the style as uh, what are the, what's the content of the yeah. the songs that are being sung. Um, I think another aspect of it is 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 maybe this sounds a little weird, but it's the friendliness of the people. Like are the people genuinely. Um, glad to see you that you're there. Not not just because you're you know uh, going to add some new you know new butts to the seats so to speak. But hey, there's a there's a genuine kindness to them. Well, you know, a, a lot of what you see in the makeup of the congregation is a direct reflection of what's coming out of the pulpit. Right. Like sure. not yeah. completely across the board, but like yeah. that's a strong influence mm-hmm. of what's going yeah. what's happening with the people. So make sure, make sure there's homeless people there. Right. <laughs> I think the other uh, the other I mean for us because you know I mean, a little sarcastic but not totally sarcastic. sarcastic. If you I mean like for us we you know I have two children that are black and one that's triracial you know so part of it for us is we're looking something that's a little more multi ethnic, which is a challenge in I mean let's let's be honest You're in the wrong you know what well, I mean? maybe, like, maybe maybe because. That may not be a possibility here, but the right. idea of you've got a wide variety of people, mm-hmm. economically speaking, socially speaking, yep. you know, um, all of that is kind of, you know, age. Yeah. You kind of have, it's a little bit of everybody. The, the community is represented in that mm-hmm. church. Is a, that, That's an excellent thing yeah. to yeah. find in a church, and it, and it should include ethnicity as well. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. We just yeah. don't happen to have any here. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's the reality. But I, we but we I, have, yeah, yeah. but they don't last long. Yeah. And it's a bummer because you're yeah. always, like, when they come, it's like, finally, you right. know what I mean? Like, we're going to be able to, you know, add this. That sounds horrible, but it's like we, we like we would love yeah. to, to have this here um, uh, so that it can grow into something even more yeah. um, and, and represent, and then they just don't stay. No. Like, mm. <laughs> what about you guys? What would you look for? Um, yeah, expository preaching would be kind of the top of the list. Um, you know, I, th- I think we tend to look at, you know, maybe doctrinal statements. Um, I think it's a, it's a good thing to look at. I was going to ask that. Uh, That's a question I have. Well, how helpful do you find doctrinal statements on people on churches' websites, though? Some, somewhat. I mean, they're they're kind of cookie-cutter. Well, they know, all kind of say times. the right thing. Right. Nobody's going to say, like, we're heretics. Well, and there's right. only, like, five. And then, like, all the churches <laughs> in the world, like, right. use you one copy of those five. Yeah. One of the five. You need to dig a little further than that, <laughs> right. I would say. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that <laughs> yeah, wholeheartedly. But keep going. And, and along with that, you know, like, kind of the, the structure, the leadership structure of the church yeah. is something I would look at. Why? You know, we we have a, a definite conviction about you know the role of pastors and, and what that looks like, and then that there's a plurality of pastors. And so, if I move to an area and we're looking at a church, you know, I might not consider something that had a different leadership structure than what my convictions are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that matters. It's good. Um, you know, I might look at you know what, what our outreaches are the church doing in the community. Yeah. Uh, you know, what kind of ministries do they have? You know, is, is it more insular or are they you know kind of outreach focused, community focused? So that that would be maybe the biggest one 
well, one one of the top ones for me. Like I agree with everything they've said. I have nothing to add to it. But, but I think that's one that gets lost a lot. Like yeah. is this? It's a buzzword. Missional. Is this church intentionally? Do they emphasize? He said intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. I echo that. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. He lost his train of thought. Now, way to go. Sorry, I got grief for using the words. So. Sorry. Are you serious, bro? <laughs> that's a. Are 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 they? Uh, are they actually doing what the church is on earth to do? Right. Or are they not? Like, it, it's so big, yeah. and, um, and it's so often absent. Yeah. And uh, so that, that, that one's a big one. And then everything else, like, I agree with everything these guys said. Like, those are all good. I mean, maybe, maybe one more thing would be just proximity to where you live. Mm-hmm. You guys great. just completed my you list. Know, your neighborhood, your community? I mean, you know, ideally, you know, you want to have a church as close as possible to where you live because mm-hmm. you, you want to be involved in it and be known and yeah. be a part of the things going on. Um, you know, I lived in a community years ago where we had a group of people coming from a neighboring community to our church. It just was one town over. Um, and, and they made, I think, a pretty commendable effort to be involved in the life of the church. But because of the distance, and it was only 20 miles, mm-hmm. but because of the distance, it, it was difficult for them. And it they, kind of one family at a time, they just kind of petered out over time yeah. because of that distance. So... Um, you know, proximity matters. I wonder if it'd be, you know, this is something I was thinking about as we're talking about these things, you know, is, is either maybe it's for us as pastors, maybe even it's for us as churches, is that helpful for somebody to see? Like, these are things that you ought to look for in a, in a church, you know, and, and just to help to unpack that a bit for them, you know, and, and even just make statements to people that are visiting to say, hey, if you're visiting today, and here's some things that are important for you to understand. You know, yeah. I mean, I, when I tell people to visit churches, I will say you need to go four or five times at least. Um, and if you're looking for churches in the area, do that with four or five churches, and then decide after six months this is where we're going to be the best fit. And some you're going to go one or two Sundays, like no, that's not a good fit for us. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's like to just. I mean, I think what happens is people tend to just go once or twice. And I'm like, you don't you don't even get close to a feel for the church. Mm-hmm. And it could be the pastor had a bad day that day. The sermon was terrible. It's like, well, it's, you know. <laughs> I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a thing. I had a guy once, years back in our church, that he, the first Sunday that he came, he told me, he's like, I just want you to know that, um, you know, I've got you know these four churches on the list and I'm going to try each of them several times. And so you'll see me again maybe in three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then maybe three or four, and, and he did it. Yeah, like did his homework, did exactly what you're talking about. Ended up landing at our fellowship, but I just thought that was cool. But yeah. from the outside, he told like, "Here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do." Yeah, uh, because I'm serious about finding you know a, a, a right fit yeah. for a church. So, so I have a question: If this church that we've talked about doesn't exist in your neighborhood, how far should you drive to find it? <laughs> well, as far as you have to, to some degree, I, I would say that although maybe you know not to. Maybe you can be the change that's needed. Right. Um, I, I think it, it, when you come to a church, if you come with the expectation of I'm coming here to, to receive and not to give, you, you know, that's a that's kind of messed mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So if you, I love it. There's people that show up here. I mean, this happened this week. I met a lady that came in. I, she was here one other time in April, I think, and now she's back. And she came in basically, and she's already volunteered to do something. Well, I mean, that's pretty cool. When yeah. somebody comes, she's, she's already thinking, how can I serve? Um, wants to be, you know, not not a mm-hmm. consumer, but actually someone yeah. that's going to participate. Yeah. So if you have that opportunity locally, and and you know, again, if it's her, if it's heretical and they're teaching stuff that's just not biblical and stuff, that would be different. But that, that's what I'm talking about. Is yeah, like there, there's some yeah. essentials 
that should be in place Correct. for the church mm -hmm. that wh whether you're a consumer or you're not a consumer yeah whether you, even if you want to like there's some things that need to be in place and i'm just wondering like yeah. if, if you don't have that nearby as far as and i think we all know right. you go as far as you, yeah. you need to go to get there yeah. Yeah. Or, or you or plant, plant a church right <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you self-appoint yourself and plant that sucker <laughs> heck yeah whoa, whoa, whoa. well i mean we, we know a guy who's kind of that's uh, russell of his Right now, that mm -hmm. we've talked to, who, yeah. uh, you know, lives in a community that there you know, doesn't seem to be, a, you know, a church that he would deem a fit for his family, and um, you know we've encouraged him to you know kind of you know check out some other churches and, mm -hmm. and maybe try to be some of that change. But yeah. also, there's a, a, a discussion going about the possibility of you know maybe maybe God would have them plant yeah. a church, and mm -hmm. so you know that's an ongoing yeah, discussion. Uh, well, I think th these are all good things, and, and you know, I, I, I unfortunately people don't always. Look for these things. These aren't the top, at the top of their list, but to me, this is what you should look for when you when you're seeking a church out. Uh, to kind of flip that around, what would be some some reasons maybe to, to not stay at a church or red flags when you're when you're you know looking for one that to avoid? So, because I, I think people are quick to leave churches for, for wrong reasons too. Mm -hmm. But what would be some sure. reasons that are valid? I mean, there could be a long. A long list. Like, who do we want to pick on right now? Well, don't, don't <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, name the church. No, no, no. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm just thinking of you know, so like just, this one, for instance. I'm not, I'm not thinking of <laughs> yeah. specific churches. I'm just thinking about like people that have left yeah. over the years and have said, "Here's my reason." You know, like yeah. You know, and there's just there's a lot of invalid reasons to your point. Well, one of those reasons would just pop right up. You know, if, if you're divisive in a church, if you're so frustrated in a church that you began to create division. Mm -hmm. It's probably time, and you know that that's not going to, it's time for you to go. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been a lot of the reason people have left over the years. It, yeah. it, it doesn't have a whole lot to do. They get mad about whatever it is, and they begin to just start to be a poison in, in the, yeah. you know, it's time to go at that point. You know, I, the Bible talks about warning a divisive man once, twice, and yeah. then, you know. Another, right, yeah. See you later. So yeah. that covers a lot of ground. There, yeah, but but I'm does. talking about more something you're seeing that's going on, you know. No accountability and the leadership right, right now. That's one that's been kind of big yeah. on my mind. You mentioned the yeah. idea of multiple pastors, but you know, a church that has a one one, you know, big personality kind of guy with no accountability, yeah. that'd be a red flag. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, yeah. this, this is kind of a cop out answer, but I would take like all all the essentials that we said and yeah, just invert them. <laughs> I realized that when I put the list together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, all that. So, but yeah, the all right, let's go eat. All right. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I think. Okay. Go ahead. No, I, I think you know, I was, I was at a pastor's conference once. Maybe you guys are at the same one, but there was a panel, you know, and and Mark Deber was part of that. He's you know nine marks in in Capitol Hill, and somebody was asking a question. They said, you know, and I don't know. I think this. He was a pastor asking a question like, when should a pastor leave a church? But. He Mark didn't take it that way, and his answer to that question is, when the gospel is not being proclaimed, and you don't trust the leadership. Hmm. He's like, those are those are two things in my mind. Are those are reasons to leave a church? Yeah, because I just don't. I I think the trust one, whether it's it's something that's happened, <clears throat> um, trust has been broken, whatever the case may be. I I just really honestly, I rarely see that rebuilt. Um, so then those people tend to become just sort of the the squeaky wheel, they become the divisive person, they become the critical spirit, they're, they're the ones that's always poking at the church in some way. Yeah. Um, and then I think the obvious one is when the gospel's not being proclaimed. I just think it's like, you know, that... And, and, I, and I've good. seen that happen where churches have shifted. And, that, you know, and by not being this, proclaimed, that means apart from Christmas and Easter. Right. Like, like yeah, regularly. Yeah, like it's yeah. a theme yeah. in every sermon. Yeah, every week it ought to be. A foundation and yeah, yeah, every week we've got to be getting Christ in the gospel. Yep. Like, and if that's not, because I just think those are, in my mind at least, as I've thought more about that comment, 
is, yeah, I think those are legitimate reasons to, to, to step away from a church and, 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 and probably before you get asked <laughs> yeah. to step away because sure. you have become that divisive person, you become that critical person that is just always at it. It's like, this is, it's just not helpful for the unity right. of the church. I know, I mean, people that are staying at churches because they want to fight to change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we've that's done, not a reason. Well, we could balance balance the leadership and their error. We've had sure. that too. Right. It's like, and it, that the hard thing I think is at what point do you just not let things drag on, but to say, you know what, I don't think this is probably the best place for you. Yeah. It's it's probably time for you to 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 find another church to worship at, so that you can freely do that. And I, I have a handful of churches that I would recommend for you that are preaching the gospel and that may be a good fit for you. I, yeah. I'd help them, mm-hmm. you know, not not because it's don't like don't send them over here. Dude. It's like you know, well, I usually <laughs> regularly send them to you. So go see Dan. I might add a caveat to what you don't really love the door. You know, <laughs> sorry. I, I think our human nature can be that okay, like if I see this problem, and, and even if I'm being divisive, like I'm still right about it, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, yeah, if you're being divisive, whether you're right or wrong, like go go somewhere else where you're not going to be divisive, but. The caveat would be that the problem doesn't necessarily doesn't mean that you are right. Right. You know, in your like, you can still be sinful and you can still be wrong in, in your thinking, mm-hmm. even if it's better for you, you know, to go somewhere else where you can trust the leadership. Yeah. So if you don't trust the leadership, may not necessarily be the fault of the leadership. I guess. Right. Well, I think that, that, that ultimately, then the answer is that when you have a situation like that at church, that you you meet with the leadership. Yes. That that's you, right. You you actually humbly get together. Mm-hmm. And, and this you, is the one that drives me nuts, dude. And that's yeah. what we don't see. We just see people up and Absolutely. move down the street. Right. When you don't or well. when you got family, like people that have been family yeah. for six, seven, eight, ten years, and then they send you a note one day right. saying that they're gone. Break up like, the what, text. what families do <laughs> do it like that? Like not right. not even a discussion, not even yeah. any kind of communication that happens. Well, um, and you know that, that that wasn't a spur of the moment decision. Been this boring. is something that's been building, exactly. building, building. Right. We should have exactly. met a year ago exactly. and, you know, and talked about some of these things. And we may have agreed to just say at that point, you know mm-hmm. what, you're right. It's probably better for you to go and not stay here. Yep. Yeah. Or you find out we're not that far away from you know from things that could be worked mm-hmm. out yeah. here. But I wish more people would tr- would totally. love the bride to the point where they would try totally. to sure, try to stay in the in the in the marriage. Yeah, sure. We we had one <laughs> one couple that clearly didn't belong at this church. Like they just had other ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And yet they were here for years. And there was a point where it, it got yeah. harder and harder for them. But they kept the communication lines open. They would come and sit down with us, and they ended up going, but but not not before the discussions happened right. and the agonizing happened and that, like is there any possible mm-hmm. way that we can reconcile this right. you know then that's what it should be like it should be. and and we left yeah, what yeah. you know if you're going to leave a church you ought to leave well right so that you know you should have the blessing of the of the elders you should you know they should know where you're going right um, there should be communication between those churches so that you're kind of yeah. handing them off to their care right. All, and so that you don't burn a bridge, especially mm-hmm. in a community like this, right. where you're going to run into each other yep. at some yeah. point. Yeah. And in that instance, you're about it's not mm-hmm. weird to see those people out in public. That's yeah. right. It's not weird for anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it, it that I think that just happens all the time. Yep. It, it be and for, as a pastor, it's it's just really frustrating. It is because I think and even I it's I respect people more that are going to come and say, hey, um, we're just not. This isn't a good fit for us. Yeah. We're going to. You know, this is what we've decided. This yep. is why. And even if it's like we got a problem with you and your preaching, or you as a pastor, whatever the case might be, or maybe I've done something or said something to offend them, I'd much rather them come and say that yeah. and say we're going as a result of that, 
because then we can at least have a discussion about it. I can have the opportunity to clarify or to apologize and seek forgiveness, but then they're leaving in a healthy way in that sense because I think what happens so often is they just are gone. But, you know, it's like my mom used to always say is no matter where you go, you take yourself with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're going to just take those things somewhere else. That's why, like, when we have people come in and we have membership interviews with them, one of the questions I'm asking them is, how did you leave the last church? And does the pastor know? Does the elder, do the elders know? Have you had a conversation with them as to why you're going somewhere else? And if they haven't, I'm, I, before, yeah. we, we, before we have you become members, I, you need to have those conversations with them. Well, this is one of the reasons why, and we're overdue, like I said, to do it, but we have the newcomers launched, and we, we need to do that again in both locations because it gives us an opportunity to kind of tell people exactly who we are as a church, yep. and it gives them opportunities to ask any questions they have. And if they have deal breakers, you know, rather than be in the church for six months to a year and then find out, well, you guys don't baptize right. infants or, you know, yeah. you're not pre-trip or whatever it is, they can find out then and there yep. and realize, yeah, we're out. Um, yeah. Because we've had that happen when right. we from that meeting. We never saw them again. But it saves everybody a lot of headache. Absolutely. So right. newcomers lunch. We need to get it yeah. on the schedule. Well, we're probably at time. We're so. 11 yeah. Well, we're, yeah. yeah. We try to keep it under an well, hour. We did start this was a, lo- a longer so. episode for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah, for coming, man. On I always enjoy it. You want to earn your keep and pray us out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay up. That's right. Lord, thanks for your goodness and grace uh, that you've shown us through Christ. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that we all have, the ways that you have saved us and uh, been at work in our lives. And grateful, Lord, for the gospel that has uh, just changed us in many different ways in the different uh, areas and backgrounds that we've grown up in. And uh, yet, Lord, just uh, so passionate about the church and and who she is and how, how you love her and have created her. And we just ask that you give us. Uh, wisdom and discernment and, and courage and strength as pastors to live as you've called us to live, to be faithful to you uh, and to be faithful to your bride and, and that we would uh, preach the word and love the people. Uh, Lord, thank you for the people that you've entrusted to our care. Uh, we pray that we would see uh, them as, uh, all of them as created in the image of God and that we would treat people with kindness and respect um, and love and we just are grateful for the time we can have to talk about these issues and Lord, just pray you continue to help the church to go forward and, and to uh, proclaim the gospel clearly in this area uh, and in Bend as well, Lord. And we are grateful for those that are uh, preaching faithfully uh, your word and, and, and Christ. And so we just, uh, Lord, thanks for this day. We commit it to you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, if you, if you uh, pay attention to what we're doing here and enjoy it, tell other people about it because we just we, we keep hearing about people that we didn't even know you were doing this and then they find it. And There's then, people that actually go to this church. Yeah, still don't know. That are still going like, you guys have a podcast? They're still discovering it. So, so yeah. yes, we have a podcast. If you, like I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. If you like it or subscribe to it, then it might spread even more to other people yeah. that you're connected to. Yeah, so, if it's a benefit, then right. let's, let's help. Help us out. Help yeah. us out. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. And our Patreon is not. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug. Never mind. Bye. Bye. See you guys. See you Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.